What is going on, you guys? My name is Josh, also known as Harry Tornado, and I'm here with my two best friends in the entire world, Drew Profit Monsters and Joey Bada Bing 22. You are listening to the Triple Thrift podcast where me and my two best friends get together every week, usually, unless we have something going on and we skip a week or so. But usually we get together once a week and talk about all things reselling and YouTube related. Uh, so we're going to hit the ground running. Joey, tell me about your week. What what cool stuff have you sold? What cool things have happened? Just fill me in. Fill you in, guys. What is going on? Um, so basically, I took some days off and I went to uh, Colorado and I went there and I shout out to uh, my boy Greg, Rocky Mountain Resell. Um, he picked me up from the airport and we uh, I went to Keystone, Colorado and went skiing uh, this past weekend. So it was super cool. Hung out with my, fr uh, my childhood friends. Shout out to Cole, Dalton, and Jesse, Jerome. <laughs> um, but we went skiing and I put my uh, store on vacation mode and um, I made like 15 sales, a bunch of shoes, um, a baseball card. Um, yeah, just stuff like that. You know, the usual. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's been a really cool weekend. And my parents are actually in uh, in Colorado right now, too. So I got to meet up with them. They're only 20 minutes away. So they're on their wow. like honeymoon anniversary, like 25th anniversary. So and it's actually today, the 30th. So shout out to mom and dad. Happy anniversary. Um, Mama but, and Papa Bada Bing 22. You know it. <laughs> Um, but yeah, my week's been great. Just trying to keep hustling. Um, can't wait to get back on the grind. So how about you, Drew? What's good? Things are going great, man. Just keeping the daily, just like, uh, like we always talk about, like you said, doing, doing the daily grind and stuff. I mean, you know, my focus obviously, which I love the, the difference in the three of us right now in our businesses, how we can all talk about it. Like my business is primarily, more reselling than it is YouTube. Josh obviously is finding more passion and, um, you know, uh, income in YouTube over reselling. And then Joey's like still full-time job and doing all three at the same time. So it's, I love the variety between the three of us. Uh, but yeah, I've just been, um, been working. I haven't been like, I don't know. I haven't been like doing the same grind that I normally do where I like stay up till two or three in the morning and I'm like listing, 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 listing. I'm really, really focusing on hyper-focusing, I guess you could say, on finding more quality items than quantity. So like my sales are up right now and they're doing really well, um, but I'm not buying as much stuff, if that makes sense. So, you know, the things I'm selling, my average sale price is up and, and yeah, so I'm just trying to stay uh, engaged with my audiences on YouTube and Instagram. Instagram has been doing really well for me. I've been selling some stuff on Instagram. If you guys don't follow me, uh, my Instagram is uh, Drew underscore thrifts and flips. I post a lot of stuff on my stories. I try to like help people and share knowledge about reselling and the things that I come into contact with on a daily basis, whether it's like a shipping tip or, you know, a bolo at a thrift store or anything like that. And so, um, I actually came across this bin in my storage unit, not my storage unit, my shed, shout out shed, uh, <laughs> that um, I, I found this bin of jerseys that I had bought from a, a buyout way at the beginning of last year, like March of last year. And I thought I had most of the jerseys listed and I had about 65 jerseys in there and only about 
12 of them or so were listed, which is weird to me because I thought I listed them all. And so I was wondering why I wasn't selling them, but I had never really thought about it. I just put it on the back burner and I decided to go through the shed recently and kind of check in on some inventory that's been sitting. And uh, turns out a lot of them weren't listed or I had taken them down for some reason uh, or they got taken down. I don't know what happened. And so um, I decided to post on my Instagram that they were for sale and I had multiple people reach out to me and I ended up selling 56 jerseys to a follower on Instagram. Shout out Bryce, if you're listening to this, uh, for $475. And so, you know, I had about a dollar into each Jersey from that buyout. I mean, I'm way into the profit from that buyout, but the average buy cost was about a dollar per unit. And, uh, and yeah, so I'm super thrilled to have the inventory gone. There's definitely some good jerseys in there that he can make some money on. We talked about it. I showed him and, uh, yeah, so I've been doing a couple of sales on Instagram, which has been helping. And then, uh, if you follow, uh, Joey, it does his live listings every Monday. Uh, I just did an auction for a blind bid and that video should already be out on my channel by the time you guys are listening to this, depending on when Josh puts it out, but it's not going to be as we're recording. So video should be out anytime. Uh, that was really interesting. So you'll have to go check out the video if you want to see more about that. But I think the important news is Josh just hit a hundred thousand subscribers on youtube let's go so, so i just want to say congratulations josh you deserve it it's it's well earned you put a lot of time and effort into your youtube channel you've spent a lot of money um buying equipment to make your content as good as possible and people really enjoy it um you know i think that you kind of you know why don't you share a little bit with us about you know like from the time you kind of started gaining real traction at least from me watching if i remember was from like the goodwill palette videos was like really when yeah. i started noticing traction so yeah i um i mean i've been doing youtube for about two maybe not quite two and a half years a little over two years and then i got monetized like august of 2019 august 2019 um, so i've been making money since then and of course when you first start making money on youtube it's not very much i think my first the first month, I didn't even make enough to get a check because you have to make at least $100 to get a check. Uh, so my second month, I made, I don't know, like 150 So my first check was like $160, $170 or so. And then it's just gone up pretty much every month since then. A couple months are lower, but for the most part, it's been a steady increase of income um, kind of topping out recently. But uh, it's good. It's it's good. I, but yeah, like you said, the, the Goodwill palettes were probably probably when my, when my channel first started taking off. I think I would... I remember being stuck at like 20, around 20 to 25,000 subs for a while. Um, I think I honestly, I remember when the pallets were, but I don't remember how many subs I had. When I mean, prior, prior to the pallet videos though, you had one or two videos that did really well. If I remember too, you had one that was like, I don't know, 25 things that you can sell on eBay yeah. or something like that. And that one like hit over a hundred K I think. Yeah. That was your my pallet first. videos. Yeah, that was the first video that hit over 100,000 subscribers or 100,000 views. And it also <laughs> like generated a lot of subscribers. Like a really interesting thing about YouTube is that you can go in to your analytics and see a video and you can see how many people subscribe to your channel while watching that video. So, you know, like that video is why they subscribed. Um, and that video, I think, currently has like 260,000 views and it's generated like 14 or 15,000 subscribers to my channel. Wow. Uh, so that was that was a huge contributor to subscribers. Um, 
I made another one, which was really interesting. It was like a top 10. I don't, it was similar to that. Like they both, I have two videos about like used items to sell online. And I remember like doing a live stream on my channel talking about that video. When I made it, I was like showing the thumbnail and it was like me holding up some money. And it was like <laughs> top 10 used things to sell for huge profits or, you know, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Top 10 stream. used items you can flip online for profit. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And I, remember I made that video and it had like, I don't know, 5,000 views. And I was like, I'm really confident in this thumbnail. I really think the title is good. I think it's going to... I think it's going to get steady views over time. Like it may top out around 15,000 views, but I think this one's going to hit the algorithm multiple times in its lifespan and generate a lot of the interest. Um, so I mean, it sounds like you're looking at it right there. How many views does that video have right now? Yeah, 228K. And then you've yeah. got these $50 items sell fast on eBay, 228K. Yeah. And then you've got how I make 42,000 a year selling stuff on eBay, 266K views. And then your your most viewed video is this Amazon overstock store is a gold mine, 511k views, which is just yeah. absolutely insane. Considering the reselling space is not that big when you look at like yeah. the broad spectrum of yeah. the category. The, it 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 always surprises me what video. It, sometimes it surprises me what videos do well because like the top ten, like the top ten and whoops, 50 I accidentally items. started playing it. Sorry. <laughs> oh, you're fine. Um, those two videos, the top 10 uh, used items and the $50, $50 items, those took a while to make because those are like filmed entirely in my studio, like highly edited, you know, lights and all that stuff. Those took probably about a whole day of work to make. Whereas the Amazon video, I made the whole video in a trip to Dream Deals, like and, and a little bit in my office before. And it was just a pretty basic video, you know, um, yeah. but that just kind of took off. I think the thumbnail was really good. That was the day that the owner let me like come in after it all closed. So we got some thumbnails of them like loading the pallets and stuff. Um, but then the, the one video that took off was the 42,000, how I make 42,000 dollars a year selling on eBay. And of course I've had people comment on it like, oh, I make, make that much in a week. That's nothing. I'm like, okay, that's awesome that you can make that much money and you still have time to comment, hate comments on my <laughs> YouTube video. Um, but obviously like I, I think that video took off because for most resellers, most people that watch reseller videos and are interested in it, they're probably making about that amount in their full-time job. Like I, that's what exactly what I was making in my full-time job. So if you see that, like, okay, I'm working some job that I hate making $40,000 a year. How is this guy making it selling stuff on eBay? So that's why I think that video took off. Um, also that video generated a ton of subscribers because in the first couple minutes, I basically like, like had a small segment, like a minute and a half, two minutes where I recognized new viewers. I was like, before we get into the video, I just want to take a quick second to just welcome you. If this is like the first video you're seeing from a channel for some reason, my name's Josh. I go by Harry Tornado here on YouTube and over on Instagram. And my full-time job is selling stuff on eBay and making YouTube videos about it. I go to thrift stores and yard sales, buy stuff for three, four, five bucks, and I can sell it on eBay for 30, 40, or 50 bucks. And it may not sound like a ton of money, but if you can do that consistently, you know, eight, 10, 15 items a day, that's what leads to be able to make a take-home pay of $42,000 a year. Um, and, you know, I was like, if you guys, you know, like this video and you want to see more stuff like this, consider subscribing to my channel. You know, I try to be like humble about it too. You know, I'm like, you know, I don't, I think I had like 20,000 subs at the time. I was like, I've grown pretty fast. People that have subscribed to my channel have generally been pretty positive. I don't lose subscribers. So that, that shows me that people are interested in the content and they've been pleased with what they've seen after the fact. Um, so I think taking time in a video to 
welcome new subscribers and like tell them why they should subscribe uh, is definitely a leads to a higher conversion rate of new subscribers versus just what's up guys be sure to hit that like button and click that subscribe button if you haven't already because that doesn't <laughs> I don't know I just I think me taking a minute or two to just tell people why they should subscribe helps helps a lot because like I said I think that video I'm gonna look at it just so I'm not lying to you but I'm, I'm curious how many subscribers that one I like has. that I, I like that idea like telling people you know what you're doing to hit in order to hit the like button or subscribe or you know comment down below kind of like that <clears throat> yeah I mean I, I don't do it every time but I, I don't know it's it's just a good habit to get into I think yeah that's definitely something I need to be better at because I'm just so like what's going on guys or what's up guys it's Drew with Profit Monsters welcome back to another video and uh then i just go into what i'm doing versus yeah. i don't i don't say like how's it going everybody my name's drew also known as profit monsters uh <laughs> and i my full-time job is selling things on ebay and making youtube videos about it yeah <laughs> you know and if you if you um i think but that's you know kind of you know the flavor of each uh channel you know is that you have some people who you know have no intros you have some people who have like actual created intros, you know, and then you have some people who just like go straight into it. And uh, it's interesting to see like what works and what doesn't for certain people. Like some people, you could tell them smash the thumbs up button and I'll give you a hundred dollars. Just send yeah. me a screenshot that you hit the thumbs up button and they still wouldn't do it, you know? <laughs> so um, yeah, it, it, it gets annoying if you if you do it too much or you don't do it in the right like tone i guess like if i'm watching a video just to, like a quick how to like how do i change this setting on this printer or whatever and i find your video i'm not going to subscribe to your channel because i don't need further content about printers i just want this video you know so if right. you're making like a, a how to how to ship video or a how to do this on ebay video like i mean you could ask for subscribers but i mean people just aren't likely to do that but if they're in that video, how to make $42,000 a year selling eBay, people that are interested in that are probably going to be interested in the rest of my content. So that's why I try to focus on those videos, the videos that people might find accidentally or are likely to find accidentally. That's the ones I focus on really, you know, making sure I put that two minute segment in there. Um, this video, the uh, $42,000 a year eBay video has, uh, I guess, helped me achieve 8,664 subscribers. So that's how many people have seen this video and then subscribed to my channel because of it. Um, wow. And that video was just like a, honestly, like a daily vlog. Like I just grabbed my GoPro, yeah, not a fan, like that, that video that I wonder how much money it's made too. I'll tell you guys that in the last, that video was posted like over a year ago in the last 28 days, it's made $341. That's nuts. And in the, the lifetime, it's made $5,265 and 67 cents. Nice. I mean, so there's not, there's not many businesses that you can do something a year ago and still be making money from it every yeah, like day. You know, like think, that's like a car payment, you know, yeah. like one, one video filmed with a $250 GoPro a year ago made me enough money this month to cover my car payment. That's awesome. like YouTube isn't quite passive income, but like most of my video, if I make a video now and it makes between three and 500 bucks, I'm happy with that. And like my dream deals video, my dream deals video has made almost $6,000, I think. So it, wow. I mean, you can't, you can never guess like how much it's going to make or how well it's going to perform, but it's really nice when it happens. Cause it's almost like free money. Cause when you do the work, when I do the work, I'm expecting to make three to $500 for a video. 
But then if it takes off, it's like, okay, well, this is, it's made a thousand, it's made 2000, it's made 5,000, it's made six, like it's crazy. But again, only, I only have like five videos that have made over a thousand dollars, I think. That's really awesome, man. I'm proud of you. Like coming from like a fan, you know, from a long time ago to seeing you like being very successful on the YouTube and eBay. Um, you know, I'm just so thankful. I call, I can call you a friend and, and you too, Drew, like, I'm just, it's just really cool. It, I love it, man. Like I said, in, in the limo video, I just posted like one of my favorite things about YouTube has been meeting people like yeah. meeting you guys, like almost, almost all of my friends now are from YouTube. <laughs> like I still have a few friends in real life, but like I played golf today with, um, Wyatt Reball to reselling and, uh, Evan Flippy McFlipperson. Nice. Both of those are guys that I met from YouTube and they're both local. They're both full-time resellers. Um, Wyatt, I actually, it's funny story with Wyatt. He was listing before he was a reseller. He was trying to sell some hats on Facebook marketplace and I messaged him trying to buy all of them. And he was like, he wouldn't take my offer. He's like, no, nah, man, that's way too low. And I was like, all right, well, if you don't want to sell them, you should, you know, look at selling them online. You know, you could probably get more money for them on there. And I told him what I did, my YouTube channel, he subscribed and now he's a full-time reseller. He was able to quit his job and in living in the same town as town as me. Um, and now we are friends playing golf together and he's got a new full-time job. That's awesome. That's cool. Cause he wouldn't accept my low ball offer on his baseball. <laughs> if he would have just accepted my offer, he would still be, he was a, a, a trainer at a gym. He'd still be a trainer right now. That's crazy. Yeah, just, you just never know where life will take you. I mean, look at, look at me. I, uh, I'm friends with Joey. So <laughs> <laughs> it is crazy because like Joey's a mailman in South Florida and you're a reseller in central Florida and I'm in South Carolina and we all are friends. You know, it's just, I don't know the age of the internet and YouTube and it, it allows like if you didn't have the internet or, or whatever, you could only like search for friends in your immediate area and to be able to find somebody like similar age, similar interest, you know, same job title or whatever. Uh, it's hard. Well, the internet, you can find that instantly, you know, like, Oh, I'm looking for looking to meet other mailmen in, <laughs> in, in, in the United States that like flipping stuff online. Like there's probably a Facebook group for you guys or yeah. something. It's just so easy to, to find people. And yet I still don't have many friends. <laughs> yeah, man, it, it's tough. It's tough having, you know, close friends and stuff. But definitely the internet really helps you, you know. Um, I think it's really it helps sell stuff, that's for sure. <laughs> that's right. Um, like I, I've made so many friends. Like I can say, like, if I ever, you know, wanted to go to anywhere, I know I can call somebody and say, Hey, you want to meet up or you know, let's meet. You know, I think that's really cool. We can go thrifting, or you know, if you're in a different area like California, I'm sure we could find Andy Someta over there, or you know. In New York, we could see Dom, you know, primetime treasure hunter or just anybody, you know, you could you can meet up and go thrifting. So I, I think that's a cool aspect in, in our point of view of reselling. Yeah. Speaking speaking of thrifting, um, let let me ask you guys a question, because this is something that I'm experiencing right now. And I obviously if you guys know me, you know that I don't make excuses for my business or anything like that. Like I'll always find a way. But I'll tell you what, man, thrift stores have been dry in my area lately. And I I wouldn't say I'm struggling for inventory because I do really well at the flea markets on the weekends. Like that's really where my my inventory is coming from as of late. Uh, but man, I walk into a thrift store and 
if I, if I walk out with one thing, I'm happy at this point because I mean, I am being a lot pickier than I used to, but I'm telling you, man, thrift stores, um, are, are follow. I don't know what's going on. Like if Goodwill is like following the big YouTubers, you know, and seeing what they're picking up and then selling it to shop Goodwill or, you know, if it's Instagram or, you know, what's causing it. But in central Florida, you can't walk into a Goodwill, you know, and find a pair of shoes for less than $10. And most of the time they're higher than that. $14.99, $12.99. One, one thrift store in my area, $49.99 for cowboy boots. You know, I share it on my Instagram all the time. So, you know, I've been trying you, to. You do have like the most insane thrift prices. Like even people in Los Angeles have cheaper thrift prices than you. I don't understand it. I think we need to make like a segment, like go to Goodwill managers or like, I don't know, somewhere to see how they're pricing things. I feel like if I had a thrift store and I opened them across the whole country of the United States, I would have a set price. I mean, why would you want to keep inventory? I see inventory that's been sitting there for almost a year, like just literally just sitting there. Like why, why is this stuff sitting here? I want to move stuff even in your own eBay stores, like drop down the price if you have to, like, I don't, I just don't understand why prices need to be that high. I mean, even though like right now it's a tough time throughout the world, what were we going to say, Josh? I was going to say it does have, it's, it is relative to where you live. Cause like, you know, South Carolina, $6 and 50 cents is usually what I pay for shoes, but minimum wage here is like seven fifty. So like minimum wage in, you know, California and New York is hopefully a lot higher than that, I think. So like, you know, paying 15 bucks for a pair of shoes in New York or LA is probably about the same as me paying six fifty here. Same with like real estate prices, you know, it's like, it's all about location. And I think thrift prices do change um, depending on where you live. But with Drew, I don't think Drew lives in a, like, like real estate prices where you live are probably similar to, to here. And like, in, I think, I mean, I made my budget video, like an average price uh, for a house in South Carolina is like 170 grand average family income here is like 54 grand a year and thrift prices are 650 per for a pair of shoes six let's say five to eight dollars for a pair of shoes at every thrift store i've ever been to in south carolina but you guys i feel like normal things are normal prices but thrift stores are way out of line yeah yeah it's getting crazy like the salvation army over by my house is like they've got these big signs that say 50 percent off everything every day and then you walk in and they've got a pair of like used dirty new balance shoes for $39.99 and then half off is $19.99. And I'm like, what the heck? Yeah. You know, and which is why, like, if you watched one of my most recent videos um where I went thrifting in Ocala with my buddy Matt Easy, shout out Matt if you're <laughs> listening to this. Uh we went out there because there was an uh uh when you Google, there's a, supposed to be a Goodwill bins out there and I'd never been to it. Uh, pun intended, but uh, we uh, get there. And first of all, there's no Goodwill bins anymore. It's permanently closed. And so then we find that there's this Goodwill, I'm putting uh, quotations in the air, air quotes, Goodwill Superstore. And we walk in and it's basically just like a Goodwill version of a Dollar General. It's like new stuff, you know, like beach toys and whatever. So my point is, is that I ended up picking up a decent amount of clothing on this thrift trip to save the thrift trip because I didn't get a lot. And then someone in the comment section was like, Drew, I'm not buying clothing anymore. Also, Drew, 
buys clothing on his thrift trip or something yeah. like that. And I mean, I look up, I look up comps on the clothing pieces that I pick up now. I'm not just um, blindly buying, you know, Nike shirts and hoping that they sell for $10. I'm still looking for stuff I can sell for 30, 40, 50 and up. But yeah. uh, it's just crazy, man. The thrifts over here, like I've been really trying to outsource flea markets and garage sales. Like that's one thing I've been thankful for is that there's always garage sales in Florida year round. So, you know, even if there's not that many, I can normally go to two or three garage sales and find something to resell. But the thrifts, man, are tripping. Yeah, I, I wonder and if you're listening to this on YouTube, uh, leave a comment down below, like how 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 it is with you, um, you know, in your area with thrift stores or garage sales or, you know, wherever you source right right down below, you know, what? <laughs> Like how it is for you. I I feel like I feel like some of the stuff, you know, too, is just a matter of getting creative. And that's like one thing, like I said earlier, I don't make excuses. There's plenty of other places you can get inventory from. It's just you have to work harder for it. You know, some people can walk into a Goodwill or a Goodwill bins and get, you know, a full cart. Like I was just watching uh Zach utah bought and gone on instagram his instagram story he was like in salt lake city which is not normally where he lives in utah and he's like i'm going to check out the bins and he walks into the bins and he finds two ti-84 plus calculators a wii fit board a rock band drum set and guitar that matches for the same system and some books he can sell on amazon within like five minutes of being there and i'm like at the bins in in orlando it's all clothing the yeah. hard goods, the hard goods there are non-existent, you know, and I'm just like, you got to be kidding me, man. Like I'm watching this guy walk into a bins at six o'clock at night, right before they close. They've already like shifted everything in and out and he finds all this good stuff. And I'm like, man, I'm moving to Utah. <laughs> yeah, it. I don't know. Man. It's it's, you know, comparison is a thief of joy. But at the same time, I understand completely how it's like frustrating, like. I think one of my biggest advantages in being a reseller is my location, like just our low cost of living here and like low thrift store prices. And like, I mean, you don't have to have like a vast knowledge about reselling stuff to make a really good part time or decent full time income reselling here. Um, like it's definitely tougher where you guys live. Uh, but I don't, I don't know. I just try to. Because I, I I've seen Utah bought and gone. I've seen Tim Osborne to thrift. Shout out Tim. <laughs> it, it, it's pretty easy to like see them see their hauls that they're getting and like you know get jealous and like I'm like why can't I find stuff like that? Like gosh, every time they walk into a thrift store, they're finding stuff. But I think it's important not to you know not to compare ourselves. But I say that, but I also do it. That's so funny that you just said shout out Tim because I just got a YouTube notification for Tim's. It says. It says finishing up my two day Utah trip and breaking down the numbers. How much will I make from Tim? Like probably as... like $4,000 <laughs> and, and he only spent four. So yeah. he's like, so uh, after my, my rental car and my hotel and gas and food, I'm probably going to profit like $4,700. <laughs> yeah, basically. Uh, but what I was saying earlier is, you know, about being creative is I definitely don't make excuses. Like I said, I'm thankful for garage sales around here. I always check like local pawn shops every once in a while. You can find a graphing calculator there or a video game console, uh, college, the college picker, Eric, that's like one of his biggest 
money makers is going to pawn shops and buying like broken laptops and broken, you know, video game Xbox ones and, and fixing them and then reselling them on Facebook marketplace and stuff. So, you know, there's also Ross retail arbitrage. There's a lot of ways to make money. Um, It's just crazy how like I, because I'm getting more picky with the inventory I'm picking up, I'm noticing that Goodwill's also being more picky with their prices and I used to be able to walk into a Goodwill and get shoes for $5.99. And now I'm lucky if I can get shoes for $12.99. Yeah. Unless it's at the flea market or at the bins. But at the bins is so aggressive in my area. There's so many Haitian people at my bins in Orlando. And I don't know if it has to do with them like shipping overseas and they have thrift stores in Haiti or what exactly they're doing with it. But I mean, man, they... They are aggressive, man. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you have to fight them for a T-shirt. If if you're standing next to them and you see a T-shirt that you want, and they grab it. So, you so know, I don't I've, even go I've, anymore. I've kind of had that issue at my bins. Like, I don't really go a lot when, when they first open. So, like, my bins, they don't put out new stuff every, like, 30 minutes, like most bins. Like, I've heard most people, they have, like, a bin, and then they'll take it away after, like, 15 minutes and put a new one there and, like, rotate stuff. My bins like put out new stuff every morning before the store opens. Like they'll have like, you know, you guys have been there. There's like four or five rows of stuff. One or two rows will be all new stuff. Everybody will go right to those rows and start pulling that out of the pallets and putting it in the bins. Um, and then maybe like two hours later, they'll put out one more row and that's it. They won't do anything else for the rest of the day. But if they put out like a new thing of shoes, um, we do have like some, it's not all Hispanic, but it's a lot of Hispanic people that go and get pretty aggressive with the shoes. But they all sell at the flea market. So it's like, and it's pretty reasonable prices. Like I've been there. I've, I haven't made a video about the flea market. I probably should, but I'm like, I'd rather just let them do the digging and find the good shoes for, you know, two or $3 and go to the flea market and just buy them for like 10 right. because they're probably going to be 70 or $80 shoes. And that way I don't have to compete with them. I get to like help them make money, you know, like they pay two bucks, I'll give them 10 or whatever. And then I make money as well. Um, so I don't know. I feel like that's the best way to, get around that if you can find out where they're selling the stuff if they're shipping it overseas whatever then obviously that's a different scenario but for me most people that shop at my bins all the time just sell at the flea market so if i ever see somebody grab something valuable i'll usually just ask them if i can buy it right then and or you can just go to the flea market and see them selling it the weekend later i i do buy a lot of shoes from from haitian people at the flea market where i go to if you i don't do a lot of like gopro on the chest type of videos mm-hmm. um so because those don't, haven't really performed well for me. And it's a lot of footage that you have to go through to find the good stuff that you've picked through. Uh, but uh, there's a lot of Haitian people that set up booths at the flea market. And I don't, I just don't know if they're getting them all from the bins or not, because there's so many of them uh, that I'm assuming that there, some of them are getting them from the bins. Like they go to the bins five days a week. And then on Saturdays and Sundays, they're out at the flea market hustling. And I respect their hustle. But I'm still going to negotiate with them. You know, most of them yeah. want in my area when you ask them for a pair of shoes, you know, 15, 20 dollars a pair, you know, so then you have to be like, all right, if I if I get a bundle of shoes, will you make me a deal? And then you have to buy like four or five pairs of shoes. And yeah. then you, you say they go they go, give me 12 and I'll say 12 dollars each. And I'll say, how about how about eight? You know, and then they'll say, nah, and then they walk away from you. And then I start to walk away from their table and then they start yelling at me, hey, give me 10, give me 10. <laughs> and then I would start walking back to the table. I'm like, all right, I can do 10, you know, but I'm getting good stuff like Hoka's, Doc Martens, 
New Balance 990s, like seven, yeah. 50 dollars plus shoes. So I'm like, all right, you know. But they want to make money. So there's there's nowhere else they could get those shoes for cheaper than what they're selling, and they wouldn't sell it for an amount where they weren't making a profit. So they have to be getting it at the bins. I think they also go to Goodwills too, because some of them do have price tags or markers and stuff on the bottom of the shoe still. Yeah. Uh, but like there was this one pair of Hoka's that I wanted this past weekend at the flea market and the lady would not take less than $17 for them. And there was a $25 like marker on the bottom of the shoe. So I'm like, did these end up at the bins? Cause they didn't sell at Goodwill or did she buy them at Goodwill? for 25 and is trying to sell them for 17 now because she just wants to take a loss and get some money back. I wouldn't pay 17 for them. I offered her 10 and she said no. So, <laughs> so they're probably like half off or something. She probably paid like 12, 1250 or so. Yeah, maybe like a Salvation Army where it's half off. Yeah, you're probably right. I've noticed people at the flea market too. Um, I don't want to make judgments, but everybody that I know that sells at the flea market does not claim it on their taxes. So just the fact that they don't have to pay income taxes. I mean, I say they don't have to. They're not paying income taxes on their profit makes it more likely that they will you know, give you a better deal. Yeah. Well, it's all, cash at, the, it's all your... cash at the flea market. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're like, OK, if you're listening to this podcast, just because you sell something for cash doesn't mean you don't have to owe income. You don't owe income taxes on it. Right. But, I mean, I hear it all the time from people at the bins like this old guy. He's like, yeah, I like selling flea market because. It's tough living on Social Security, and and it's nice to have some non-taxable income. I'm like, that's taxable income. <laughs> that's not non-taxable. It's definitely but taxable income. I had this one guy say something one time. It's like, well, I was going over one of my breakdowns in my video, like how I you know pay taxes and all that stuff. And he's like, why are you paying taxes on stuff? You already paid taxes when you bought it. I'm like, the sales tax that you pay at a thrift store or a retail store when you buy something is not the same as income tax. <laughs> <laughs> I've been selling eBay since the 90s and I ain't never paid taxes on nothing. I'm like, all right, well, you should probably delete that comment before some IRS agent reads it. It's crazy how many people either don't pay taxes or cheat on their taxes. Like, I don't know. It's, it's... I, I, I feel like you're more likely to have the potential to get audited if you cheat on your taxes and you're dishonest than if you're just honest about it and you actually do them the way you're supposed to do. And, yeah. you know, that's... Taxes is a topic that no like no reseller talks about because there's not one way to do it. You know, I mean, the one I mean, the only thing that you can say that's common for everybody is you have to pay your taxes, mm -hmm. you know, but some people use an accountant. Some people use, you know, GoDaddy. Some people use TurboTax and then some people write off stuff that they shouldn't be writing off. Some people, you know, do the mileage thing. Some people do, you know, the office um the office uh, write-offs and, you know, some people write off every time they go to McDonald's as a business expense. And, yeah. you know, there's, there's certain things that you, that you can and can't and should and shouldn't write off. So I'm not going to get too detailed into that, but yeah. you know, if you don't know, thing, you like, need to find a good accountant. Yeah. You, you, I mean, you gotta be careful when you're giving tax advice, but like there are things that I know, you know, like I'll see people like, why, like you can just write off all your lunch when you, when you're outsourcing. I'm like, no, you can't. Not the only time you can do that, and this is not tax advice, but I'm 100% right on this. The only time you can run off your food is if you're out of town, like if you're thrifting somewhere where you don't live and it could be like a whole, like if I went on a day trip to like Greenville or whatever and I had to eat lunch there, then I could write off that meal because I'm out of town. But if you're thrifting in your in your backyard, you know, a mile from your house at the bins, you can't write off your meals every day. Um, again, not tax advice. 
but I, I don't know. It's just like a slippery slope and it is, know, it is very, you. I, I actually was asking Justin, uh, the flipping accountant, some advice, um, when I was doing my taxes, cause I just wanted to be sure I was doing them honestly. So again, yeah. Justin, if you're listening to this, thank you for your help. I really appreciate it. And, uh, he, he doesn't do taxes for like other people. He, um, is actually like an accountant do in accounting in the corporate world, but he has his CPA as well. So, mm -hmm. uh, but there are people out there that can help. And I definitely advise you to do those things properly so that you don't get audited and then you don't lose your eBay business. Yeah. So there's also ways to like, I don't know, like Graham Stefan actually recently made a video about like ways to shelter your income from, from taxes, like legally, you know, not, not anything illegal. And he of course had the disclaimer, not tax advice just for entertainment purposes only. Um, but like, if you get into like, you know, owning rental property or like, you know, forming a corporation or something like that, there are legal ways to shelter a lot of your income. Um, you know, some of them are a little more questionable than others, but, um, you know, the tax code, you got to think the tax code is written by wealthy people. Most people in like legislation positions are pretty wealthy and they, they want to write the code in a way that allows wealthy people to, you know, shelter their income. You don't want to be making, you know, a million bucks a year and having to pay 60% of that in taxes, you know? Yeah. Well, and this is one reason why, you know, Joey, it's good for you to keep your mailman job because you get a 1099, you're not a 1099, a W-2, you turn it into the government and that's pretty much it. Yeah. yeah. When you're, when you're a reseller or you're a business person, you got to record, document and log everything you do every day. And if you get, if you get like two, three, four weeks behind, you get really frustrated, anxious, stressed out, not you, Joey, but just resellers in general. Not many people can handle that, um, that responsibility because you have to like, you know, when I make an eBay sale, I put it in my spreadsheet, every sale that I make as I'm shipping it one by Shout one out hooks for their reselling spreadsheet. Right. Uh, any, any spreadsheet sold in the next, uh, 12 days, 14 days from the limo video, uh, I will get a small commission. So everybody go buy one. It's a great <laughs> spreadsheet. Uh, but yeah, so, you know, that's one, one benefit of not working for yourself is when you work for somebody else, all your tax stuff for the most part, unless you're a 1099 contractor or something like that. But when you're an employee, you get a 1090 or a W2, you bring it to, you know, uh, Jackson Hewitt and they do your taxes for free because, you know, if you have one W2 and that's it, they'll file your W2 easy taxes. You know what I mean? For literally for free. Yeah. Uh, and they'll have it done in 30 minutes and they'll tell you how much you're getting and they'll cut you a check right then and there sometimes, you know, and that's the simplicity of having a nine to five and you work for yourself and you're a business person. You're like, oh, I just bought a Rolo printer. I got to put that in my expenses. Oh, I just bought a chair for my office. Oh, I bought a GoPro. And then you start having to log all this stuff and then you have to start like keeping track of your spending and your, your like you could, you could be making, you know, $30,000 90-day total on eBay, but if you're spending $50,000 every 90 days to make that 30k, you're not making money. So, you got to keep track of all that stuff because people that's why that's why people who just show their numbers but don't like or show their 90-day totals but don't show, you know, the the backing behind it without any context can mislead people. And not everybody that does that is misleading people, but some people don't understand that if you have a $25,000 90 day total, you could have sold a, 
a Ford Bronco on eBay for $12,000 and half of your 90 day total is from one sale. You know, if you sold a car on eBay or, Mm -hmm. you know, you could have sold a Mike Trout rookie card for $50,000, you know, and your 90 day total is 51,000, you know, (laughs) and you're showing people that you've got this $50,000 90 day total. And really you just got lucky and sold one rookie card. Yeah. You know, so I think most on that Mike Trout card. Right? No, I sold it for four hundred. Well, I mean, you found it in like a pack of cards at Walmart. Right? Yeah, it was like a ten dollar pack. It was so awesome. That's oh, crazy. I jumped up and down like I was going so nuts because I I, I I love opening packs. And when I found that card, I was like, it was like twenty four out of twenty five. It was just a, such a sweet card to have. And I was like, should I keep it? And I was like, nah, let me just sell it. It sold like instantly when I put it up. So that was really cool. Are the uh, the numbered cards like that? Are like any of the numbers more valuable? Like if you have one of twenty five or twenty five of twenty five, is that like? Are you talking about like just like the number one out of twenty five, or just yeah? Like, like if they like one like twenty four twenty five means that they made twenty five of those cards, right. right? And that's like the like is having the first or the last in that set. So like, like one of twenty five or so like let, let's just say like one of twenty five that would be like something really cool to have because that's the first card made, you know. Um, yeah. but then like, let's just say if it was Derek Jeter and his number was two, so like two out of 25, that's something that will probably be worth more because that's his actual Jersey number. Um, yeah. so that, that's how I look at it. Cause I would be like, I want to pay, I'll, I'll pay up for that because his numbers too, you know, or like yeah. my favorite number is 22. So like, if I ever try to find cards, you know, I'll see like if it's 22 out of something, you know, cause I, it's just cool for yeah. me to have, cause that's my favorite number. Um, but people was that your number when you played baseball? Yeah, and it's my mom's birthday, uh, February twenty second, and it's just always been my favorite number because my mom. So, oh, yeah, uh, her birth or February twenty second. Yeah, it passed. Okay, I th- yeah, I thought I was confused about the months. There's this. Uh, do you, have you guys ever heard about like currency flipping? Like going to a bank and like getting dollars and looking yeah. for like rare serial numbers or whatever. Oh yeah. My- so there's there's this guy that's looking for a hundred dollar bill with a serial number that matches like the date that United States was founded. So like what seventeen seventy six, whatever, but like the actual date, like fourth of July seventeen seventeen seventy six. Um it's out there somewhere and he's offering like a million bucks or something for it. Wow. I'm like, just imagine having a hundred dollar bill because nobody I don't look at serial I don't even have cash. Like I don't have any cash. I mean we do have Dude. some cash, but one of my friends uh, who is definitely not listening to this podcast, but Joey, he's he's come over to my house a couple times when you've been there. Mikey, yeah. he he is the king of silver quarters. Like we'll be playing poker with quarters and he'll go through everybody's quarters and be like, yo, you got silver ones. And he's like evaluating them, weighing them in his hand, looking for certain marks and insignias. Because I guess like a silver quarter, you know, is worth like five or six bucks now in just mm-hmm. its weight in silver. So every time we play poker, he's trying to get rid of his quarters and get someone else's. <laughs> yeah, actually, what my dad does is he he goes to the bank and gets the half dollars. And I think it's like $500 for a whole box. And he'll mm-hmm. go through all of the sleeves of the half dollars and he'll find like the either like the 90% um, coins or like 70%. Um, but it's just fun for him because he just loves um, silver. Um, and he'll just go through like $500 worth. And then, you know, that's, you know, you pay the $500, but you, in it all, you really, you're paying for money. Yeah, there's <laughs> you know? no risk. Yeah. So there's yeah. absolutely no risk. But then you have to think, 
you have to enjoy it right. because I, I've seen like there's whole YouTube videos where guys will go to the bank and get you know hundred dollars worth of dimes and just open up packs of dimes looking for silver ones. So you can just check the edges. Mm-hmm. They like open up and it's like oh there's one there's one, but it still takes a long time to do that. Yeah, you have and to then you have to re-roll it. them all. So I don't, I don't know. That, at, Graham Stephan made a video. I have to shout out second shout out Graham Stephan. I know you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. I love you, Graham. I love you so much. Uh, but he, uh, he said he would go to the bank and, um, anytime someone would bring in like old dollars, like the old tens or twenties or hundred dollar bills, the bank usually would, will keep those and like send them off back to the federal reserve to be destroyed. Um, but I guess uh, he had, I don't know, some relationship with like small banks that they would save the old dollars. So he would just go in like once a week and, you know, basically buy one for one, the old dollars. Like if they had somebody brought in an old 20 or, you know, some old ones or whatever, um, he would just buy them one for one. And he said this one time, this old lady had brought in like 10, $10 bills from like the 1920s or something. Wow. She just had them in her drawer and she didn't want the $10 bills anymore. So he paid a hundred bucks for those. And like each one was selling for like a hundred Wow, because they were so old. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's crazy. Man. And obviously like you probably have to go to like some small town bank and like know the manager. Cause you're not gonna be able to walk into a Wells Fargo and get them to sell you the old currency. Give me your but... money. <laughs> Give me your money. Not like that. I like that. I'm just doing what I want to buy it. <laughs> money, money, and currency has always been one of those categories. Like even for reselling, like I, I see guys at the flea market, and you know, all the time with these like booths with the little glass, you know, displays with coins behind them and stuff. And there's just so many. Like it's just a category that just overwhelms me because I, it's like sports cards for me. I just I don't know enough about it that I could walk into a a sports card booth at a flea market uh, other than like certain things like a Michael Jordan, you know, rookie card Fleer, you know, whatever it is, 1986, I think, or something like that. But, uh, you know, certain cards that what you call it, you know, sell, but there are other cards. I just don't know. Like there's so many LeBrons and, you know, the hollows and the prisms and the, the foils and man, it's just a category that, I am just not fluent or familiar in at all. And uh, there's just money in every in every category. Like it just goes to show that, you know, whether it's coins or vintage clothing. I mean, I think I was just talking to either Joey or uh, my buddy Kyle about this. But like the vintage auctions on Instagram right now for clothing are just going nuts. Like, you know, uh, wrap tees are selling for hundreds and thousands of dollars, not hundred thousands, but hundreds up to thousands and like a, a Tupac tee or, you know, uh, a big ET is selling for like a thousand, twelve hundred dollars And it's just crazy, you know, where the market is going in certain categories because they're desirable. Yeah. I really, yeah. I really enjoy watching those vintage um, like auctions on Instagram. Cause if I ever find like a goofy one, you know, I'll bid on it, but I haven't found one yet. I, I've only done one. I know Drew sent me in there one time when I first did the auctions, but I really think they're cool. And I actually talked to, I don't know who I was talking to about this, but like I wanted to start that on Instagram. Like, let's just say like, you know, let's get a, like that Royal rumble and let's, you know, four of us get in there and, you know, and, and see how high it gets. I feel like that'd be super sick. Like kind of like how we did last night, Drew. With- yeah, that was that was crazy last night with the blind bid. So it was pretty cool. Yeah. I just I don't have I don't have I don't have a spot where I can just buy inventory 
to sell to other people like that, if that makes sense. Like I would, um, cause I'm always thinking about, you know, bolos for me to list on eBay and stuff, but I'm not thinking like, oh, some other reseller might be interested in, you know, 40 hats, but I don't want to list 40 hats anymore because I don't want to list stuff that's going to sell for 10 or $15. Mm-hmm. But if I can get them for a dollar each and have $50 into it and then sell 50 hats, you know, for $250, you know, and then someone else can make money on it. Like I'm all about it. So, yeah. you know, I need to start buying storage units, you know, empty storage or, you know, abandoned storage lockers like the TV shows. I'll, I'll sell you my storage unit. <laughs> <laughs> you mean the one with empty Goodwill mystery pallets with rats yeah, it's in it? Gotta be, it's got to be emptied out uh, by tomorrow <laughs> or else I'm going to pay another $75. Is it really Guys, tomorrow? I just, I, Oh, it's the last. It's today's the thirtieth. So what's tomorrow? Yeah, tomorrow's got to be the last day of the month. Yeah, yeah. I got if I don't empty it out and clean it up by tomorrow, I have to pay another seventy-five bucks. <laughs> At this point, I just I'd rather pay. I need to post on Facebook like tonight. Like tomorrow must be emptied out. Take everything. I'm sure free. you can find somebody. Free. I'd be willing to pay. Like I'll pay a hundred bucks and you keep everything. Just clear it, clean it out. Wait, so Curious you're gonna pay that it. person just just to take it all? It, it would almost be cheaper yeah. if they can clear it out tomorrow. I'm just over it, man. Like I remember when I went to Goodwill that their half off day for the pallets, I had two, uh, I had the guy ready to pick up 24 pallets, like two trucks, 12 pallets each. And then there was so many people there. I was only able to get 12 and I was disappointed. And now I'm like, I'm so thankful <laughs> that I did not get 24 pallets. Uh-huh. It's just 12 took, I mean, I just opened the 12th one earlier this week and they've been in the storage unit since august of last year wow. it's just it takes me so long to go through them and i just got burnt out i tried to do too many i think it did 28 total i don't know i was really motivated in the beginning and you know, i was finding good stuff but now the last couple pallets i just haven't found anything and they've been gross and i'm just over it it was definitely really cool though like to see the process yeah i don't regret it because like i mean like we talked about in the beginning of the podcast like it was a huge growth spurt for my channel and got you know, I, I'm definitely way in the profit, you know, even even with the extra months, the storage unit and all that stuff. Like, I mean, if you count all the money I've made from the pallets in terms of like items and YouTube revenue, I mean, I've I probably made twenty five thousand dollars, even viewer sales so too. <laughs> the, yeah, viewers, yeah. my favorite part about your pallet videos and we'll probably have to start closing up here because um, I got to get my kiddos to bed would yeah. be is you're, you're going through a pallet, you know, you got the GoPro on and you're like, what is this plate? I don't know. Some, some plate, you know, probably going in the trash pile or the donate pile. And then you get like 80 comments on a YouTube video. That's like, Josh, I want that plate. Josh, I'll give you $15 for that plate. (laughs) Every single thing I've ever, I did have this one. Do you guys remember that one where it had the dress in it? It was like the super bright, ugly dress. Yeah. So I found that and I was like, Oh, that's stupid. Ugly. And I, I, I was trying not to throw anything away until I made the video, but that video took like a week or so to, to actually edit. So I ended up throwing it, this stuff away um, or donating it, whatever I did at the time. And after I posted that, I had this lady offer me like $100 for that dress. So they said, I'll be $100 plus shipping for the dress. I'm like, oh my gosh, that thing is gone. <laughs> like, I have no idea where it is. So it, it sucked. But yeah, it just it was a great way to learn about stuff because you know going through it and people have like the, the best eye. Like, oh, I saw at this timestamp in the, the right-hand corner underneath this thing, there was this thing. It looked like the piece to something. And they're right. It's like a $60 item. I'm like, okay, that's great. So <laughs> that, I, that's, really I think that's the best, probably the best benefit of having a YouTube channel where people actually like enjoy your content is that 
everybody has knowledge in different categories. And mm -hmm. so something that you may have no idea what it is, and someone tells you like, hey, that's a 40 or $50 item, and you go back in your look and you're like, holy crap, I almost just threw away a $50 item. And it was just because it was like, you know, some some doll, you know what I mean? Or something like that. Some yeah. ratted up, ratted up, nasty, dirty doll. And it's like, people will pay, people will pay 50, 60 bucks for that in dirty condition. Yeah. So it was crazy. crazy. If I had like a warehouse and employees and all that stuff, I think the pallets would have been a lot more easy to get through and easy to process. But like just having to do everything at my house and like I had the storage unit, but then I had to put stuff in my car and bring it back and list it all. And it's, I don't know, it's just, it got old. And the last, like, honestly, the last, like, four pallets were just really, really tough to get through. And now that, you know, I've got basically two half opened pallets in the storage unit and I just, I just want them gone. But I'll just deal with it tomorrow, I guess. Or maybe I'll just, you gotta make a video. Another month of storage unit, just keep paying for it. I don't know. You gotta just make a video emptying. Just, just call twin flippers. They'll come pick it up. That's actually a good deal. Tell I mean, there's good stuff in there. It just needs to be cleaned. Tell Jermaine, tell Jermaine and Tremaine that they can have it all for free. Just come pick it up and they can make a video about it. Yeah. I offered it to, uh, to Wyatt and Evan today, rewilded reselling and flipping at Flipperson and neither of them wanted it at all. <laughs> They're like, nah. I even left that, um, that juicer in there, that juicer that's with all the accessories is probably worth like a hundred bucks. It's just sitting there. Cause I left it. It needs to be clean. I was like, I'll even throw in the juicer. Come on. Give me a hundred bucks. I, I guarantee you twin flippers will take it. Count, count. I'll make, I'll make a doll, a $1 bet that if you message twin flippers tomorrow, they'll come pick it up. Okay. I, I'll take that bet. <laughs> <laughs> you about to owe me a dollar boy. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> it's really the, best, the best dollar you ever spent. <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh. All right. We'll, uh, we'll go ahead and sign off. So Drew can go take care of his kiddos. Joey, any final thoughts? Final thoughts. Just keep working hard and reach for the stars. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for all the support that you guys give us, whether it's watching our content or following us on Instagram or listening to this podcast. If you ever have any questions, feel free to reach out to any of us via Instagram and we will try to get back to you as soon as possible. Uh, that's probably the easiest way to get a hold of any of us. And we love you so much. Congratulations, Josh, on 100K subscribers. I'm next and I'm going to beat Joey there. So Ryan Roots and I have a $20 bet on who hits a million subscribers first. What? We'll and also go, go, go vote for me on Blake's. Uh, oh yeah. Okay. Blake's March Madness. Blake's March Madness. I'm going to beat you, Josh. <laughs> okay. So our, our friend, uh, our friend Blake Knobloch, he's on YouTube. He has, he's, it's got like 101,000 subscribers. So Blake is my next victim. I'm going to surpass him in the next couple of weeks. I hope. Uh, but he had the really cool idea of making like a reseller March Madness uh, bracket. So he took oh, how many was it? 32 or 16 20 or 32? Yeah, 32. 22. Let me look. Uh, 20, 22 resellers. And he's doing like an Instagram voting poll. It'll probably be over by the time that you guys listen to this podcast. But I love the idea. But I hate that he put me and Drew in like a starting bracket together. This is how he's I'm doing like, it. You put me he's to, he started already. So it's Paul Cantu and uh resell dojo and like he has like your profile picture and your subscribers and and he's yeah. like paul's number one and resells 32 so there's 32 of them okay 32 I i'm can't. just super excited to go vote 
I need to I need to find it because I was looking at it earlier. But if the voting's open, I got to go vote so that yeah. I have at least one vote. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna vote for you, Drew. Uh, <laughs> yes. guys, we're, we're gonna we're gonna sign off and go vote and go take care of business. Thank you guys so much for, for listening. We love you so much. We'll catch you on the next one. See ya.